Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. How are you all doing this morning? Isn't that so good? Worship is awesome. Oh my goodness. All right. Today I also want to focus on, again, continuing in the posturing for the presence. And what I'm focusing on today is intentional pursuit. When you think of posturing for the presence, posturing requires action. We have to actually posture ourselves. So how do we posture ourselves, mind, body, spirit, soul, heart? How do we actually step into that and make way for God to show up? We have to create opportunity and space so that he can actually step in and do something. We have to make ourselves available. Some of the obstacles and distractions that can get in our way, let's talk about those. (laughs) Life, busyness, (laughs) social media, yeah. Whatever else that we have going on in our lives, the consistent, overwhelming nature of life, and go, 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 and we're always doing and moving. And sometimes we just need to stop and listen. Just throwing that out there. You can tell what you value by how you prioritize your life. I'll say that again. You can tell what you value by how you prioritize your life, how you structure What you put your time into, what you put your value upon, is shown through that structure. Intentionality can be inconvenient. It can be hard. It takes time, energy, and focus. But that's what relationship's all about. Anyone in relationship tell you that? It's, It's work. It takes our time. But the question is, is it worth it? I hope so. That's why we're all here, at least I hope. (laughs) So how do we balance our lives while also intentionally pursuing God? For me personally, I like to live life in constant conversation with God. While I'm going to work, y'all, I am incredibly busy. I do a lot of things. But when I'm going to work, on my drive to work, I'm talking to God. While I'm doing work, I'm talking to God. It's not a matter of just praying and striving for everything known to mankind. It's just sitting there and doing life with God. I'm sitting there working on a project like, oh, this is pretty difficult. How do I do that? Maybe you should try this. That's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, that works great. Okay. I'm just (laughs) having fun. I'm in conversation because he's my friend. He's my father, and I'm his son. I don't have to try. I just have to abide. I have to recognize, focus, and realize. That's what a continual relationship with God can look like. When I go home and I'm watching a movie, guess who I'm watching a movie with? Jesus. (laughs) And it's awesome. And I love every minute of it. I tell you, I find so much. I'm a geek, I love it. Um, I love movies. I love TV, I love video games, I love all of it, but I play it with Jesus. 
I do. We're sitting there, and, and I'll get a new revelation while I'm watching a movie, and I'm like, this makes no sense. And it'll drop a bomb, and I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. It's so good. God loves what you love. He does. He's not asking you to go sit in the prayer closet for 10 hours a day just to get to know him. Now, you can, by all means. I mean, if that's what he's asking you to do and that's what life looks like for you, go for it. I'm just saying, don't put God in a box. Don't put your relationship with him in a box. Live your life with him in everything that you do. Take him to work. Take him home. Take him with family. Something else that can get in our way. Agenda. The cycle of going to God just when we need something or when we're in trouble. Many of us can get wrapped up with our lives and our busyness and now we get to the point where we're so stressed out, we're so worried and we got so much anxiety and now it's like, Jesus, help me, save me. I need you right now. It's like, no, you need Jesus every moment of your life. <laughs> but we get stuck in this cycle and then we're good and he saves us and we're good, we're good. Oh, now I need you again. I'm just coming back for my fix. That's not a relationship, y'all. Just saying. So breaking out of that mindset of it's only, he's only there for when I have troubles. He's only there for when I have worries. No, y'all, he's there when you're happy. He's there when you're excited about life. He's there at your greatest breakthrough. And he's there at your greatest defeat. He's there through it all. Sometimes we only remember that he's there in our moments of weakness. But sometimes we need to focus when we're our strongest because there's an opportunity to step into more and we miss it. A lot of times, too, going after the presence of God, intentionally pursuing we have these expectations of what it should look like, of how he should show up, what he should say, what we're looking for, what prophetic word we need to hear, what healing has to happen, and we come in with an agenda. We go, God, I, you have to touch me this way. I gotta fall out in the spirit and shake like a crazy person or I won't know it's you. Now, is that awesome? Yes, I agree. Mm, I do. But does it have to look that way? No. No. <laughs> but we love it. There are so many expressions of how God shows up, and it's unique to you. And I'll tell you this. God is going to give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. God is going to give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. Does he care about what you want? Absolutely. Because he's a good father. But he also wouldn't be a good father if he just gave you everything you want. Every time your child asks for candy, you give him candy. Oh, they can't bounce off the walls like a spider monkey. No. No, we got time for that. <laughs> Sometimes it's things that we don't enjoy, but I'll tell you this. 
I can't tell you how many folks have come. They're like, I just, I can't feel the presence of God. And you know, you can. Every single one of us experience the presence of God. So we break it down. There was this one man, it was actually um, one of the pastors at uh, Bethel. She was an RGP. Her father came, and he had, wasn't physically responding to anything. Um, she couldn't really tell if he was engaged, and she just saw him writing in his notebook the whole time and almost like working out math equations. And she's like, this is weird. What are you doing? You're supposed to be experiencing the presence. Well, stop that. <laughs> and at the end, he goes, and he's just like, God just revealed to me some of these equations that unraveled this entire problem that I was having at work, and I can't even believe or even fathom how this came to be. This man got wrecked by God. God showed up through math. I don't know how. Thank you, Jesus. Doesn't happen for me like that. But more power to you. My point is God shows up how you think, too. He speaks to you in your language. He's not going to speak in a way that you can't understand. He cares too much about you. He cares too much about what he has to say to you for you to miss it. So drop the expectations and let him come as he is because he wants you to come as you are. The other thing, too, is uh, oftentimes, you know, you'll be in a room, especially with worship, and you see other people experiencing God. That was a cool whistle, just saying. Uh, I got really excited. And you'll see someone that's just, they're getting wrecked. And you're like, Jesus, I want that so bad. Or you're coming in and you're like, I am so tired. I was up all night. Where's the coffee? There's no donuts. Now I'm hungry. What is this church? Is this even a church? What is this? <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, they're out of creamer. What is my life? <laughs> Lord have mercy. And we come in with that mindset and we think, okay, it's worship time. I gotta, gotta get into worship and just sitting there and just having a hard time. It's like I'm not feeling anything. Hmm. It's not feeling anything. Looking over. Well, that person's definitely feeling it, and they are. What's wrong with me? Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Just break that out. Sometimes we just need to honor the point. Something Bill said, and I love it, love it. And what that means is if you've ever seen hunting dogs or the way that it works, they go, and when they find something, they'll point. And if there's another dog with it, even if they don't smell it, they'll point. They'll follow, and they'll honor the point. Sometimes we just need to posture ourselves because we're like, hey, if they're over there experiencing God, whatever they're doing is working. Almost sit there and do it. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm aligning myself with whatever's happening. I'm opening myself up and creating space for him to show up. So sometimes we need to posture ourselves even when we don't feel it. And we just need to honor the point to find ourselves at that same space. I know it's a little saddening. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I have too much fun, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> now here's the fun one. 
another obstacle or distraction when pursuing God intentionally is our burdens. Stress, worry, shame, guilt, fear, anger. All the things that weigh us down. All the things that we continue to carry. There's this amazing sermon. Uh, how many have heard of Graham Cook? Awesome. So he was sharing this dream that he had, and it rocked my world. In this dream, he said, you know, Jesus came up to him, but he said, normally, you know, they'll see Jesus in a dream, and he's all smiling and coming towards them. He said, in this one, he's marching up this hill, and he looks like he swallowed a wasp. Is what he said. <laughs> he's like, he does not look happy. And he comes up, and he goes, Graham, I want my stuff back. Like Lord, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you mean, Graham. You stole from me. I want my stuff back. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Lord. What? Are, what? He's like, Graham, stop messing with me. I want my stuff back. Lord, I, I don't know what you mean. Graham, that shame, that guilt, that worry, I paid for it, I died for it, it's mine, I want it back. When we take back all the things that God paid for, we are stealing from the sacrifice of the cross. We are undermining it. It's saying it wasn't good enough to take this, what I'm going through, my anger, my shame, my guilt. It's for everyone else, just not me. I hate to break it to you, it was for you. Every single one of you. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let the old man stay dead. You are a new creation. Brand new. Oftentimes we keep picking up all these familiar things of our past, thinking I'm still struggling with it. I'm still struggling with it. No, you're not. You just keep picking it up. So keep it away. Drop it. It's not yours anymore. It's never meant for you. Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkest, of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We continue to fight against our own selves and each other. I don't know if you all read that verse. Stop it. <laughs> That's not our purpose anymore. We're a new creation. We're not meant to wrestle against ourselves or each other. We're fighting something far different. We focus so much 
on all the things going in us, we just end up navel-gazing what's going on inside. Am I perfect? Am I okay? Jesus, fix this. I already did. Y'all, he already did. Sometimes we get too introspective. Is it good to be intentional about our own development and to go after it? Absolutely. But to let it consume us and steal our time and distract us from experience the greatest encounters of our lives, it is a waste. Luke ten nineteen, one of my favorite verses. Behold, I have given unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let me read that. Behold, I have given unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other translations, this is going to say, I've given you all authority. So, if we have it all, someone's got none. So what does that mean when these things come back into our lives? It means we're giving it our power, our authority. We're giving it away. The devil doesn't have authority. The devil doesn't have power. You do, and you've got it all. All we can do is give it away. And if we have it's okay, we take it back. We make mistakes. Failure and mistakes do not define us, but what we do in the midst of them, that is what defines us. Don't let shame keep you from your destiny. If you walk away from prayer or anything not feeling inspired, then you probably weren't talking to God. I'll let that one sit. All we got to take back our land. I'm so tired and it breaks my heart to see people living in such captivity when we've allowed ourselves to be in it. We shackled ourselves. We said, here you go, here's the key. Have fun with it. Now we have got to break those chains. It's as simple as remembering who you are and whose you are. We have so much more power than we know. We were created to change this world forever. You are worthy of it all. You are worth God sending his only son to die on a cross, to be beaten for you. 
to think that you are worth any less undermines that sacrifice. So many times I just see the cross and we go through it and it becomes just this tradition almost, but we forget the true reality of the cross. We forget the sacrifice, the meaning behind it, the reality, the value. Jesus gave you value by dying on that cross because he said, you are worth my very life. You are worth the life of God himself. When you devalue yourself, you devalue that sacrifice. We have got to step into who we are. So many insecurities and fears trap us. But being confident that the one who created everything values you like that, it'll change your world forever. Y'all, he said you're worth it. I don't think I need anyone else to. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When we've gotten rid of all the burdens and we realize who we truly are, then we step into hunger and thirst. We've got to crave him. We love because he first loved us. If you're unaware of that love, it's hard to love. You can't give what you don't have. We have to experience his love first before we can outpour like we want to. So many of us are so far ahead of the game. I want to go out and change the world and do all this. How about you stop and just receive for a minute? How about you let him show up and love you so that you can love at a greater measure? Hunger and thirst, that requires action. It's not simply standing by. The wonderful part about this word is the more you eat, the hungrier you get. You don't think you'd want that with food? But let me tell you, this is the greatest food of all. Because this hunger, it's passionate. It's wild. It's vibrant. Y'all, unconditional love is offensive. Let me tell you what. When you love someone, regardless of anything they could ever do, they are confused. Very confused. How could you still love me after that? Because God did it for me. It's easy to forgive when we realize that we were first forgiven. When we realize everything we've done, everything we've been through, and God still says, I love you. You're perfect just the way you are. Y'all, that changes you. And if it doesn't, I don't know if you're listening to them. Sorry, I'm going to pop some shots here. We're having fun.
Expectation is huge when intentionally pursuing God, expecting that he's going to show up, expecting that he's going to give you revelation, expecting that he's going to be there for you. You know, we speak about these classes as well. Expect him to come. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the same conference or served at it time and time again, and I've got something new every single time because I go expecting him to show up. I go expecting a change, a revelation, a new depth, a new grace, a new understanding of who I am. When we go in expecting God to show up, we give him room to move. When we go in saying, eh, I've done this before. We're closed off. We're not looking. And if we're not looking, we're not going to find it. You know, it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. The glory of God to conceal a matter. Are we searching? Searching's action. Sometimes we have to go looking for breakthrough. Passivity is not something the kingdom's wanting. The enemy will tell you, you know, just sit. Don't do anything. Just wallow in it. Be afraid. Yeah, we got to wake up. That's not who we are. That's not who we're created to be. Now, there's seasons of rest. Don't get me wrong. There's time to rest, and God will give you that place, and he'll speak to you. But we need to take action. We can't sit so passively by and just let time roll by. Just saying, you got it, God. He does. But this is a relationship. We work together. We co-labor with Christ. We have to intentionally pursue him. Because I promise you, he's intentionally pursuing you. So many times we're running the other way. It's like, hey, hey, nope, Stasis. And we turn around. Oh, there you are. Hi. Sometimes we just need to repent to actually see him. Repent means to turn away, by the way. Just in case you wondered. Another thing that we forget is that we're never alone. You're not in this alone. You were never meant to do this alone. Why do you think we have no God, build family, change the world in that order? We just throw it together for fun. You think we should just have no God change the world? No. Build families a requirement. Why do you think it says when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also? Not where one is gathered or just you yourself and I. Off on my lonesome changing the world. 
Why do you think Jesus sent disciples out in twos? Why do you think Jesus had 12 disciples? We were meant to do life together. We need to do life together. It's a part of kingdom structure. It's a part of who he is. Each and every one of us has a different facet and expression of who God is. I want to find it out. Search for the gold in each other. Find out, wow, what expression of God does this person carry? So many times, y'all, it is so easy to see dirt. You can look and you're like, I see it everywhere, all the problems. Oh, that person, they're just not living their life. And they got all these things and all that. Nope, I'm not going to them for prayer. They don't have their life right. <laughs> they're just, they're not having the Holy Spirit. They're not holy enough. Nope, mm, nope. Y'all, God can use a donkey, he can use you. We put far too much requirements on each other, I'm just saying. Sorry, I have too much fun. I couldn't resist. You're welcome. We have to look for the gold in each other. When you look for gold, you have to dig for it. Sometimes it takes an effort to find it, but once you do, the reward is great. It is so great. It's life-changing. When you see past everything and you see what God sees, it will change your entire perception of the people around you. We were made to see people how God sees people. Perfect the way they are. Doesn't mean we're all not working. Stepping in the greater realities of who we are. But when you have someone beside you calling out who you truly are, let me tell you what, it will call you higher. We want to build up the body of Christ. Because we are the body. If this was just an individual game, it wouldn't be called a body of Christ. We would just be individual little ones. Just saying. So know God, build family, and then change the world. Well, to change the world, we've got to be a functioning body. We've got to stop fighting each other, creating our own dramas within our own body, creating our own dysfunctions. We've got to help each other heal, strengthen each other, and grow. Because what happens? What would the world be like if the body of Christ was actually united? Can you imagine? What would it be like if we loved one another? Unconditionally. I know this is crazy. It's unheard of. <laughs> right? Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> Y'all.
y'all, we take on all of this weight and burdens and our own perceptions of reality of who people are or what we're supposed to do. And we have our own agendas and we come into community with agenda of how we want things to look like or what we want things to be. But y'all, when you have a blade and you want to pierce something and it's dull and you have a bunch of different agendas going every different direction, let me tell you, it's not going to go far. But when we refine our focus, when we sharpen our blade, and we attack it with the same purpose, we will pierce farther than ever before. We have got to unify as a body and go after the presence together. Making ourselves available individually is the first step. Coming together as a community so that he can show up for us entirely, that is what changes the world. Y'all hearing me? go ahead and pray I'm processing and just listen to what Papa's got right now and I feel like there's an opportunity right now to step into a greater revelation of who we are of who he believes you to be for us to break off all the burdens and the worries and the fears. And if there's any shame from that, guess what? He paid for that too. So let it go. Yeah. I want us all just to, I'm not going to make anyone stand. Let's just go into receive mode. The reason we call it this, by the way, is you're opening up a posture. You are posturing yourself for the presence. It's a physical representation. It's a prophetic act. Stating, God, I'm open. I'm here to receive. So posture yourself now. And let's just receive. Thank you.